Hey, it's Sebastian from the Metal Gods Meltdown, and today I'm joined by... Rick Emmett of Triumph. It's an absolute honour to be speaking to such a legend today. You've recently had your solo work reissued. How fulfilling and pleased are you with this? And was it an easy decision to have this work reissued? Uh, oh, easy enough. I was delighted that somebody was interested. Um, I mean, obviously, the... The things that I'd done in Triumph were um, fairly high profile and international in level. So the the solo things that I'd done, and especially the indie things that I'd done from 1995 on, they were very modest. I, you know, I would just put them out on my own website and play my gigs and sell stuff off the stage. So it was it was really nice that Roundhill expressed an interest and. Uh, and now has, you know, really put an effort into promoting and marketing the stuff, which, that's been great. And of course, Triumph even have the classics and an upcoming documentary release soon as well. What can we expect from that? Uh, well, Banger Films is the company involved, and they've done an awful lot of great stuff. And, you know, as a metal writer, you'll know that they've, you know, done Justice by Rush and Metallica and you name it, you know, Iron Maiden and... I think you can expect that it's going to be uh, a little surreal, kind of in the sense that it's the story of of our lives. So, like they gone back before the band started to the bands we were in before, and then they've really covered all of the territory. And there's a lot of territory to cover. I mean, geez, band started in '75, so <laughs> it's been a better part of 50 years. Are there plans to get back in the studio one more time with Triumph? Would it happen? The, the documentary, we actually uh, got together in November of last year and rehearsed for a while, and then we played three songs for a fan fest that uh, got filmed for the movie. Um, but I suspect, uh, it, you know, someone would have to be dangling, you know, millions and millions of dollars uh, to make it happen. I'm not sure that's going to... I'm not sure that's going to happen, so I'm not sure that there's a reunion in the offing. Uh, I've kind of hung it up. I stopped playing my own gigs... Uh, the beginning of last year, and um, I don't really miss it. Uh, you know, I've stayed creatively busy, and I enjoy myself uh, making records in my studio and putting things out on my website, and I've started writing books and things. And so, um, and the drummer, Gil, you know, drummers, it's a tough gig for guys when they get older. Drummers are, you know, they end up with problems with their back and their elbows and things, and plus he used to sing half the material, so for somebody to have to, you know, as they're getting close to 70, to be asked to drum and sing in a heavy rock band, it's it's kind of a big ask of a drummer. So I think that's a, a, the largest impediment. How pleasing was it to be awarded an honor for your contributions to the music industry in Canada? It's a, it's a humbling thing because the, there's, you know, a gratification for the fact that you're getting validation. You know, heaven knows you, you, you take enough sort of slings and arrows over time that it, it's nice when somebody's kind of going, hey, you know what, lifetime achievement kind of thing. It's very nice. But, uh, you know, uh, by the same token and in the same breath, I want to make, everybody understand that 
I don't really do things because I'm looking for uh, accolades or prizes or awards or, you know, I, I kind of do it because I have to. And I tend to be the kind of person that I look forward. I, 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 I like to be where I am. I like to understand my surroundings and I like to look to the horizon. I'm not really the kind of person that looks back over their shoulder and goes, oh, geez, wasn't, hasn't my life been great? And uh, I can't wait to sit down and listen to all my old records. Like, I don't have a lot of interest in what's already been done. I, I think it's probably a, a, a standard artist thing that you really, you're kind of looking forward to what comes next. So is there anything looking to the future that you'd really love to do? like a collaboration with someone else if it happens uh you know uh, it'd be great i just did a thing uh last week where i shot a little video for the pickup endorsement company that i share with a guy named um like i'm one of the endorsing artists for mjs pickups and nathan whitney he's a former student of mine i mean i used to teach college um you know part-time at the beginnings of weeks and then go out on the road on the weekends and um, Nathan was a former student of mine. He's now the lead guitar player in Thomas Rhett's band. It's a, you know, very pure country Nashville kind of a thing. So it was it was great fun to be trying to sort of work up my country chops and and um, start doing that um, with him. And um, I'm playing on somebody's uh, studio session this evening. And again, it's kind of a country thing. So. These things, if they present themselves, then I, you know, I'm happy to go along with them. But the thing that's really got me going lately is I actually wrote a book of poetry, and I've been talking to a publisher, and they're very interested in putting out the book of poetry followed by a memoir or an autobiography kind of thing. So, yeah, I think I'm probably going to fill up my uh, the back half of my 60s with um, more writing than necessarily performing and playing. Obviously, you seem to be really busy. How have you been coping with the COVID-19 personally, with the lockdown and that? And what effect do you think it will have on the music industry? I think uh, it's a fool's game to try and uh, prognosticate anything at this point. Um, You know, I think everybody understands that the way this is going, you just kind of have to go day by day, week by week, and then see, see what happens. So I don't look too far ahead. Um, and the other thing is um, uh, the, the result of COVID for me has been more invitations to be involved in Zoom things and workshops online and uh, rock and roll master classes and uh, all of this discussion with publishers and uh, you know all this activity that's going on with uh, triumph documentaries and whatnot, you know, the release of my entire catalog. It's like I've actually probably been busier now than I had been before the COVID thing even came. So uh, for me personally, the only thing that's really made an impact with me is my uh, 92-year-old dad is still around and he's in a home and he's starting to have some issues with dementia and senility and all of those things. And that's been a real pain that I, I can't get in to see him we can go and get him and bring him out but we can't actually get into his uh suite and and so you know when he starts to have problems finding channels on the tv and he can't remember where he put his hearing aids and he's lost his glasses and all of these kinds of just small maintenance things 
it's it's really hard for nursing staff to take care of those kind of details. That's been that's been a frustration. But you know, again, it's sort of it's like a first world problem, right? Like it, it, it's not too bad. I you know, I, I think we have to learn how to cope and, and adjust on all levels.
what is your feeling on the latest phenomenon of bands using backing tapes because obviously back in the day when you were on stage with triumph you know you were you were playing live none of this backing tape rubbish what do you feel well it's an interesting kind of a thing i mean we don't live in the world that i grew up in you know we live in a different world now and certainly um the the whole um advent of a digital universe uh has now you know firmly taken hold so that you know the idea of playing along with machines and and like when i was a kid it was really hard to find a drummer who could play in time and keep the beat from the beginning of a song all the way through to the end like a metronome like they just weren't good at it they they their time would sort of be up and down and all over the place but nowadays i mean even the 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 most intense metal drummer uh or the the, the funkiest of r&b kinds of drummers they they have this uncanny ability to be able to play like metronomes like just quantized uh feel and it's because they've grown up playing to click tracks and pl and playing the to, to, to tracks that are all quantized so it's a different world and um when it comes to actual live performance if somebody does too much of playing with backing tracks or um you know uh lip syncing or whatever you know that it ends up getting to a point where i'm going all right well you know i didn't pay so that i would come and, and watch a tv show I, I came here so that i could have music be live and real and in the air and i could get that magnetic uh kind of of uh connection with the performer and, the, and, I, and I think the performer has a duty to try and sort of reveal their their heart and soul and their intellect and all of that through a live performance so uh, you know i think in the final analysis it, it, there's going to be some sort of blending or or um uh, synthesis of of these things an integration of of modern with old-fashioned i'm never gonna lose <laughs> my old-fashioned notions of expecting live performance to be about live performance you know but i also understand that i mean come on that you know bands uh, when, when i was growing up there were bands that were putting on makeup and and getting dressed in costumes and you know uh ozzy was biting the heads off of bats and you know there's always been a, a lot of crazy nonsense that was theater and that was part and parcel of having prepared shtick you know and and i don't think that necessarily is ever going to disappear from a music experience there's going to be theater as part of it and so there's going to be things that are are you know pre-produced in order to be able to make moments happen but you know uh this is of course going far afield from what a metal show would be talking about or you know metal magazine but I once saw Michael Bublé in concert, and, and I think he's a great singer. And he gets to the end of his show, and he's singing an old Leon Russell song. And he literally, he's, and this was in a hockey arena, you know, seventeen to 20,000 seats. He puts the microphone down, and he just sings a cappella to the crowd. Um, and it's amazing. It's just, it's this really spine-tingling, goosebump-inducing kind of moment. And... Um, I don't care what kind of music you make, what kind of style of music you make. I don't care how many amps you've got. 
you know, I think in the end, it, it is about trying to make that live connection. I bring it up more than anything because um, your fellow countryman, Sebastian Back, quite often rants about um, s certain bands and singers these days going on stage with backing tracks. So I was just wondering what your angle was from it, from there. Yeah, yeah, he's actually, he shows up in the documentary and he's larger than life, that's for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I guess, you know, I can understand why some people get emotional and rant about things, but, you know, uh, I, I ranted a little bit when I was young. I, I don't rant quite as much anymore. <laughs> awesome. Is there anything you regret as as for trying not getting as much, not, what's the right word, getting to be as big as, say, I don't know, Iron Maiden? I mean, I suppose everybody has certain regrets uh, about, you know, how their career went and what happened in terms of popularity and fame and success and all of those things. But, I mean, I, I met the guys in Iron Maiden a couple of times and played soccer with Steve Harris, and I know that those guys earned everything that they got you know that they, they were full measure for the international success that they had and what they put on stage and i i never resent anybody else's success i i always feel like um it's a big wide world it takes all kinds and um you know i feel kind of lucky that I that I had the kind of career that I did. You know, it's true that we never had much touring success in England um, and, and in in the and in Europe. Um, and you know, the band itself, we never went to Japan. We never went to Australia. You know, we pretty much we toured Canada, the United States, and then we'd go back in the studio and make another record, and we'd do it all again. You know, and that was kind of. That was kind of what, what the story of Triumph was. And, you know, you could only go places where you were getting radio airplay and where you were getting support from uh, media and, and, you know, becoming the darling of, of magazine writers and that sort of thing. And Triumph never really enjoyed any of that. We got lots of airplay in Canada and the United States. And so, you know, we, we were happy to take what we could get, you know, um, and as far as relative size or, or in importance or, or um, acclamation, you know, uh, acclaim, any of that stuff, I, I kind of go, well, you know, I, I think show business is often a, a, like it's like rolling the dice, and um, there, there's an element of luck to it. There's an there's a large element of are you the right thing in the right place at the right time. And Triumph never really had a lot of that. We had we had our fair share. I'm not complaining, but I, I think um, it was more for us just a question of, of taking what we got, you know, and, and and being happy for it. What would you like Rick Emmett to be remembered for in years to come? I would like to be um, respected as a writer. Um, and that's, you know, all, all types of writing. I mean, I wrote for Guitar Player Magazine as a columnist for 13 years, and as I said, it looks like i got a publishing deal going to happen, so I'm going to have um, a book and a, and a book of poetry. And, and um, I think uh, in the end, the, the writing is more important to me than um, 
the performing, but you know, um, I've also like there's stuff that's on my website right now that I do recordings, fairly modest things, guitar and voice, and and there's 18 songs like that for download off my site. There's six jazz guitar pieces, fingerstyle jazz guitar pieces. So I, I kind of hope that you know, um, my the, the, for posterity, I'm hoping that my contributions as a as an eclectic kind of guitarist who did a lot of different styles of playing, I'm, I'm hoping that'll be sort of my legacy. And I, I think it's, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't think I'm hoping for something that is too too far fetched. I, I think uh, I think I've sort of proven, you know, the Roundhill release of the back catalog is kind of proof that that you know this is who I was, and I wasn't just a guy playing. In, a, in an arena rock band, you know, I was a guy that that uh, could play classical guitar and and write folk songs and 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 play blues and 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 play jazz and and I know when you do things like jazz, it tends to really you know cut down on because there's lots and lots of folks walking around in the world that go jazz. I hate jazz. I can't stand jazz. I don't, I don't want to listen to jazz. You know, but for me as an artist, as a musician, as a guitar player. You know, that was almost like the highest calling that you had to take a crack at that because that was the the, the deepest kind of sophisticated harmonic music you could make. You know, so I don't know. I always felt like uh, that was the thing I was going to um, hope for that my life would have uh, a lot of different aspects to it, and that my my musical exploration would be. Um, Recognized, you know, uh, and and at least get, uh, that I'd get the opportunity to do those things. I'm glad that my life has had that. Do you have any final words for your fans and our listeners? I hope that um, people are going to check out the Roundhill re-releases and that they'll go to RickEmmett.com and they'll check out the downloads that are available there. And and um, I appreciate the the support. Uh, that I've had over the years and the kindness of people and you know I'm hoping that I can still count on that and uh, and I appreciate this opportunity to talk with you Sebastian Hi, Hi this, this is Rick Hammond of Triumph and you're, and you're listening, listening to the Metal, Metal Gods, Gods Meltdown, Meltdown.